In the interest of community service, Power 88 presents live talk shows to inform, enlighten, and to stimulate thought and dialogue. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of KCEP or the EOB. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Or call in and participate at 647-3688. Funding for community partners for better health. On KCEP Power 88 is underwritten by the Southern Nevada Health District. And here is your host. Good morning, Las Vegas, and welcome to A Healthier Tomorrow. I'm Will Rucker, and I am so excited for this morning's program. We've got some amazing guests that are going to share some information that you need to hear about. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Our topic today is actually quite important. We're not just going over facts and figures. We're going deeper than that and going into the why behind the what. So let everyone you know tune in to A Healthier Tomorrow. Tell them we are on the air right now. And to join us for this incredible program. And I want to say good morning to my fabulous co-host, Ms. Lisa Howard. Good morning. Well, good morning. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing great. You got your ring light, your little setup. I'm impressed. Oh, I know. I came prepared today. This is fantastic. I, I like this. The A Healthier Tomorrow program is sponsored by the Office of Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion at the Southern Nevada Health District. Learning how to manage your diabetes may seem overwhelming unless you know where to go for help. If you or someone you care about is living with diabetes or pre-diabetes, you can sign up for free diabetes classes to help you live healthier. Call 702-759-1270 or visit www.gethealthyclarkcounty.org. All right, with that, I'd like to welcome our fantastic guest. I'll let you all kind of introduce yourself. Quentin, let's start with you. Sure. Good morning, family. It's Quentin Savoie, the Las Vegas president of the NAACP. So glad to be with y'all this morning. We talked about this for so long. I'm here. My mom made it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought company. Tasha, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I am Tasha, also known as Miss Love Doctor. I am also a member and co-chair of the NAACP, the Health and Wellness Committee, as well as a certified love coach. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate you. Yes, well, thank we you. We both, both made it. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right, Elisa, why don't you kick us off with the first question? Well, I wanted to have you all on because, as Will stated, we're not just here to start, to start talking about data and stats and things of that nature that doesn't keep people intrigued right it's what we do in our community and i wanted this to be a community engagement conversation so i wanted to have you all on because the NAACP is a part of our community and i wanted to just start with you quentin i wanted to know um for people out there that have never been involved with the NAACP when did you come on as president and what is your vision for the for the chapter? Oh, thank you. That's a that's a great question. I am a new president. I guess I got to stop saying that. We almost at the four year mark, right? <laughs> so I was elected November nineteenth last year. I took office in January, and it has been a really exhilarating year. We are reinvigorating our branch. We have a, a very storied and rich legacy in our branch here. We were founded in nineteen twenty eight. 
We're coming up on our 100th year. And God willing, I'm president of the branch that can usher in the 100th year and reflect and pay homage to all the folks that have made 100 years of the NAACP possible in Las Vegas. Uh, the NAACP, if you don't know, is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. This organization was founded by Ida B. Wells, W.E.B. Du Bois, Mary Ovington, and a litany of other allies who were working to advance and protect civil rights for colored people in uh, starting in 1909. Uh, the organization is well over 100 years old. Our branch specifically is no small potatoes branch. We have had a role in helping to desegregate the strip. We have had a role in creating workforce development programs so that our folks would have access to jobs in the gaming industry. Our branches had a role in making sure that body cams were installed on Metro officers so that we could hold law enforcement accountable when there are infractions in our community. So we're just trying to build on the work of protecting and advancing civil rights, building the bench of next generation's leaders uh, and continuing to make Ida proud. That's my that's my little saying. Make Ida B. Wells proud. Oh, that's cute, actually. <laughs> and a lot of people don't even know who Ida B. Wells is. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Ida B. Wells was a journalist. She was the one who spoke out ferociously against anti-lynching and making sure that our lives were protected. She was the first Black Lives Matter, you know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like that. The first Black Lives first, Matter. First one. Yeah. The fact that we have had to have that so, for so long, right? For so long. And still. Mm-hmm. And still. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, just talking about the NAACP in general, I wanted to know how does the NAACP engage the community with all that you all do? Can you talk about your subcommittees and for sure. pillars and for sure? So we have twenty. Is it twenty one? It's twenty one <laughs> standing committees. It's so many. It's so many. <laughs> it's so many. There's so many opportunities to get the work. Some of the committees are health and wellness, like we talked about. We have a housing committee, criminal justice committee. We have a finance committee to make sure that the branch is earning money. You don't stick around for a hundred years being broke, <laughs> right? Amen. So there's all <laughs> kinds of ways for folks to be engaged. But that's the thing about our branch being so old is that it has been a sacrifice and a labor of love of so many volunteers because none of this work is paid. Y'all don't get paid to be co-chairs. I don't get paid to be president. It is because we care about our people and we see a need and a void in the community to be engaged. So if you love your people, come get down with us because there's plenty of work to, to do. Yes. Yes. For everybody, right? For sure. There's some, something for everybody. That's, that's absolutely true. And that's what I say about public health as well, is yes. everything is public health. So every single committee you just named, to me, it's all public health. Um, I always say public health is a economic issue mm-hmm. because the, the cost of poverty isn't just you can't buy the new pair of Nikes. Nikes are still popular, right? I think yes. so. Okay. <laughs> right, yeah, you can't buy the new Nikes, but it, it's it's a, a cost for your health, the stress, the chronic stress, the challenge of deciding, am I going to have medicine today? Am I going to eat today? What am I going to eat? All of that is public health. Where am I going to stay? Housing is a public health issue. And of course, we know racism certainly is a public health issue. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this health and wellness committee. I want to know what the vision is. Um, and Elisa and Tasha, I actually want to hear from you two about why you got engaged with the NAACP in this way and what you hope to see come out of the committee. Well, I'll start. Quentin asked me. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I I love all the work that the community work, but I was on a lot of committees and things. And I said, you know, I'm really busy. And I said, but if you give me a co-chair, then I can I can do it. (laughs) And he said, "Okay." so Tasha, I met Tasha and we had a great conversation and it was like, "Okay, I'm going to do this with her. Um, I'm going to get rid of something else that I'm on because <laughs> this, I feel, is very important. The NAACP has been around for so long um, and I've never really been involved. I've gone to functions over the years, but I've never and I know the mission, you know, but I've just never been involved just because of all the other things that I've 
I'm in because of public health. But like Will said, it is a public health concern, all of the things that you do. So it just made sense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, of course, Matt Quentin, I went to a meeting and I started to realize where I'm being pulled and how I need to be more obedient to the mission of what the higher power has for me. And it is to be involved with the community, especially being a certified love coach. I, when I started in this field, I was thinking, how can I help my people? And it was never against any other race, any other color. It's just as a African-American female, I know the struggles that we deal with. We all have our own backpacks full of trauma that we never put in our backpacks. So how do I help people to unpack those things? How can I help people to heal? How do we heal other people? So I was like, you know what? If we start with the heart, we can we can heal everything else. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I was like, how can I be more involved? Where where can I implement myself to do the work that I need to do? And it, it kind of just fell in my lap, honestly. We met and then I met Miss Sharon and it just kind of like flowed. And Mm so um, I'm more passionate about it than I ever was before, Mm -hmm. for sure. I want to thank you for naming Miss Sharon because we have had a long Miss Sharon was Miss Sharon Savage. May she rest in peace, was a longtime chair of the Health and Wellness Committee and just brought so much fervor and information to the branch related to health and wellness every year. That was one of the more consistent uh, events that we could plan on as a branch to like participate in the breast cancer walk, the autism walk. Uh, heart health awareness walk things of that nature so um, I really really miss Miss Sharon she recruited me to join the branch when I moved here she oh, wow. met her I met her at Doolittle and she said you need to come to NAACP meeting I'm like well yeah of course I'm black <laughs> right <laughs> you know see you there <laughs> with my black outfit on exactly. so yeah I miss Miss Sharon a lot and um, it was important to me to find folks to lead that would lead with the same passion and the same care that she did Miss Sharon didn't do the work in ego and I think a lot of times we find folks that do the work for a picture, mm-hmm. not doing the work for impact. This whole administration and the people that I've asked to join me in this are doing the work for our people, not so that we can, you know, just fuss about it and talk how great we are. Right. I want to create measurable change in our communities. You all agree with that, which is why you have all agreed to like go with me on this journey. And I really appreciate it because I can't do it alone. Well, thank you. We Absolutely. appreciate you. But I don't want to forego, Tasha, you actually work in the health field as well. And you yes. never talk about that. I know. <laughs> I'm actually a psychiatric case manager for the mobile crisis team with youth. So we respond to youth when they're in a suicidal situation. We uh, stabilize and make sure that they're in a healthy space and make sure that we can keep them safe. Their families can keep them safe. And I'm very, very passionate about that. I don't speak about it a lot because it's something that's near to my heart and it's it's personal for people a lot of times, but it, it does have an impact on the fact that sometimes we don't realize these children are really suffering. Yeah. And um, so when I see parents and stuff like that, that's when I know my heart is being tugged to mama them because it's like, listen, we got to take care of these babies. If we don't take care of them, then we're going to have a whole nother community of people that are broken and we're going to have to start all over this cycle. So it's mm-hmm. like start with these children so that we can further, you know, heal humans at a younger age so they don't have to live a life of trauma and you know all these regrets and different things they can live a healthy life it's important it's very important thank you thank you for sharing thank you for pulling it out of me yes the show is a healthier tomorrow so i think talking about children and to quote whitney houston i believe that children are (laughs) they are the future They, they truly are and so this is what i want to kind of get into for just a moment which is everyone knows the saying, hurt people, hurt people. It is so difficult in this work because our own personal experiences, we relive them through the people we serve each and every day. And so 
why is it important for community members in particular who may not be medical professionals, who may not have any certifications, who may not understand the importance of showing up at a heart walk or, or doing the little things that make a big difference? How do you get them engaged? What is the importance of them being engaged? And how would you help them through, I guess, healing uh, kind of as they live this? I would say um, agape love is like the main thing that I would focus on because we all look alike. And if you have compassion for somebody who looks just like you, you can have compassion for somebody who don't look like you. So in a real way, it's it's to get them engaged is to say, hey, like, hey, how's how's your neighbor? How's your child? How's how's somebody that's closer to you? And they realize that it can pull out that level of empathy. When we can have empathy for each other, there's so much that we would do for each other that we don't have to, like, put our other past traumas in front of it and say, like, well, I can't do that for this person because of this, this, this happened to me. But if I empathize with you, I care about what happened to you. I care about your life just simply because you're a human. That's where we can start. You know, as human beings, we have to look out for each other because we're all in relations with each other. No matter how much we want to separate ourselves or how society has separated us, we're all in relation with each other. You know, like how Alyssa and I was put together. But now it's like, hey, sis, how you doing? <laughs> Only on the simple fact of how she greeted me and I greeted her because we are like sisters in a sense, you know, and if we can treat each other that way, it can spread. Love is one of those things that spreads. It's contagious. So I would say start with agape love for your neighbor, for your barista, for the person at McDonald's. Like be compassionate to people when you meet them because you never know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. You could be that person that make or break something. Where's the collection plate? I, I need to put an office. <laughs> I'm so glad you named that, though, because I say this all the time about folks. I talk to folks about running for office. They're like, you got to be a lawyer. You got to be a judge. You got to be. No, I just need you to care. Yeah. Caring goes so far. You do not have to be an MD to care. You don't have to have gone to any additional college to care. You just have to be intentional and make a real investment in mm -hmm. caring. And really, like that is that is the foundation of community is caring for one another. That's how you build power. When I spend time investing in you, that demonstrates care. Now you're bought into me. We can go do these things together. I like to blame social media for denigrating our our care. Right. The civil rights movement. We had progress because one, we just had a whole lot to lose. But two, we had community. All right. We going to go have a sit in. And then afterwards, we go into Miss Johnson's house because she then made chicken noodle soup and we about, about to sit yeah. down and eat and debrief. We don't have to do that now. So when you are in relationship with people, when you care about people, that's a very serious and intentional choice. It's one of the things that I learned from Coach Aisha. I was always talking about how investing in people is how you get buy in. Because when I've shown you that I care about the thing you care about, now you're going to ride with me till the wheels fall off. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being invested in someone without you getting something out of it. I'm enriched because you're enriched because yes. you're enriched because we're all connected. Yeah. Right. Quentin, I want to I stay on that for just a moment and ask this. And I'm going to try to keep us on topic because I, you know, my, my brain. You're a pastor. And I'm back. <laughs> right. but, but what I want to know is the power of showing up, in my view, can't even be quantified, right? The mm -hmm. power of showing up is just one of those things that I'll even say has a magic to it. But what's the difference between actually showing up and showing up for the photo? Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. That heavy, was a, um, heavy. Talk, talk, talk. Okay. <laughs> That's real. You know, <clears throat> I think the difference in showing up is that at some point in the showing up, you've demonstrated a willingness to get involved in the work. I actually just used this analogy earlier this week as we were talking about uh, canvassing. We were talking about how folks have these big old canvases and a hundred people show up, but then it's only 20 people walking. And it's just like, well, what happened? We had a hundred people show up to get bagels and to mingle and to network. 
but then when we broke to go break up ground to knock doors is oh i got of this oh i got of that this the the work of sustaining community doesn't do itself and i'm not even talking about in electoral senses i'm just talking about making sure that your neighbor is okay so the difference in that is making sure that you follow through in your investment in that care i'm invested in making sure uh ex elected official wins because they represent my interests so me showing up for them means investing my time talent or treasure a lot of times it's the time because the treasure i've got to hold on to these days y'all but the time goes a long way especially when we're talking about getting people elected in this very hyper polarized visceral political environment that we're in we got to break through all the noise and get people to understand there are folks that want to lead our community that have their interests at heart and it's our job to make sure that they understand who those people are what they can expect from the folks that they're asking what they can expect from the folks that are asking to serve and how they can hold them accountable to that. Cause that's also an important part of care. When I took office in January, there was a lot of controversy, but one of the things that I opened up that January meeting with is accountability is love. That is care. When you say to me, will that you want to do X thing and you don't do X thing and nobody talks to you about it, that we're actually neglecting you as a community member. Holding you accountable is helping you be better, which helps us all be better because you're in service to the community. So I'm rambling. All that is to say (laughs) you got to show up and you got to invest and you got to carry out the investment aside from just having a nice Facebook picture. So in regards to the NAACP, we know not just about elections and political things because this is not that type of show. Mm -hmm. But in regards to health and wellness, why does a civil rights agency have a health and wellness committee? A lot of people would ask that. Like, what do you mean health and wellness committee? Well, that's a really great question. Uh, We can look at it from a variety of ways. Like from a historical perspective, black people are disproportionately impacted by all types of negative health outcomes. When you look at everything ranging from food deserts to maternal mortality, right? So health. That is a civil rights issue because in a lot of instances and pockets and cities all over this country, you see how people have been relegated to a certain part of the city that begets failed health outcomes. And you can read countless books and research about how those things were legislated. So I get on my high horse about saying, you know, poor outcomes is a public health decision. That's a policy decision. That's about who you voted for. So it matters to the NAACP that our community is healthy because we can be empowering our folks with education and awareness about who they should be supporting or how they can step up to make sure we have healthier outcomes in our community. Absolutely. Uh, Another area would just be all around education. In 2021, we passed a bill to make sure that doulas could be reimbursed through state Medicaid. That's very important because black women die in childbirth. That doesn't have to have a political tinge to it. The bill's already passed. It's signed into law. We need to find people that can be doulas so that we help scourge the maternal health rates here in Nevada. We want folks to live when they bring in new life into this world. And even putting committees together like that and bills like that actually is a civil rights issue as well. Because the certification board that I sit on did not want to take that under our wing. Mm -hmm. And it was myself and one other woman that felt like this is a civil rights issue if there's women dying there's babies dying in our in our communities of color why aren't we taking this on as a board right Mm -hmm. and so we had to fight and we had to convince the rest of our our board members honestly Mm -hmm. and so even when i think about that and as you mentioned that i was like oh yeah we did have to fight for that but it's like because we do it so much and we have to do it so often you sometimes negate you know what you had to go through to get that um, but yeah, doulas uh, is a very important field, and I'm glad that we took that under our wings and that we were able to help get it passed so that people can 
can live and thrive. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we talk about African-Americans being killed by, you know, different means. Right. But we don't talk about how we also are being killed in our health area. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so I just think it's very important just to have health and wellness in part of everything that we do, mm-hmm. public health in general, but civil rights agencies, nonprofits. Right. I just think it's it's goes hand in hand because uh, Governor Sisolak actually passed in 2021 um, that racism is a public health issue. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that or they forgot it because it was just kind of like a blurb, like a pro- <laughs> proclamation that just kind of went out and then it went away. And then it went away. <laughs> it's still an issue mm-hmm. and it's still a civil rights issue. And the great, um, when I was an HIV director, the great, uh, what is his name? Civil rights activist. Barry Arrested. No. John Lewis. Martin no. Luther King. No. He's older now, um, but he declared that HIV was a civil rights issue. Mm. Um, and I cannot think of his name for the life of me. I can see his face. Um, Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton. Yes. <laughs> we went he all said the way. He's older now. He's older now. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is. On that note, Tasha, I'd like to give you the last word for this segment. What do you have to say for folks that are, are listening to this conversation and saying, well, you know, all that sounds good, but, you know, I, I got other issues to deal with. My health, you know, to be here. No, I think you need to to reframe your mindset because if your health isn't your wealth, you won't be here. Mm-hmm. And if your community's health is not your wealth, they won't be here. And what will you have to stand on? What will you have to deal with? So it's different levels of health, too. We have to think about your emotional health, your physical health, your mental health. You know, so you can't put things like that to the side and think that, oh, it's just a me thing. It's not necessarily a you thing. It's a us thing. And us being more um, dedicated to each other actually can empower actually will empower each other to do to be, to do better by each other and for each other and with each other. So I think it's important for people to take themselves out of this westernized way of thinking and more into a holistic way of thinking and think about us as a community, us as a unit, us as brothers and sisters in this thing together. And therefore we can all be better. Like she said, like it's it's a civil rights issue that the fact that our health is always in jeopardy but nobody thinks of it like that because we're taught to what trust our doctors mm-hmm. trust this but we don't trust each other we don't trust what we're saying ain't that crazy it's it is crazy on a whole lot of levels but you know we don't have enough time for that yeah. well we actually have a caller that we like to bring on so let's let's transition to that caller you are on the air how you doing good good hello good morning Hi, you. okay Hi, this is uh, Granny Franny, uh, uh, Fran Bracy Stringfellow. I want to make a comment on that. We can pass all these bills and everything, but are they uh, being enforced? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm 73 years old, and I've been being abused, okay, uh, for seven years. Uh uh, Adam Black Salt, our former attorney general, passed bills that Aaron Ford ain't adhering to. Okay? You cannot abuse a senior citizen and get away with it or commit fraud against them. Okay? I'm, uh, listen, I'm being systematically abused. I'm in court all the time because my homeowners association have been uh, uh, abusing me. I won a $5,000 settlement through HUD. 
Okay. Thank God to a former assemblyman, Harvey Mumford. Mm-hmm. He's the one. I, I'm not even in his district. All right, Granny Frank, thank you so much for calling in. You may raise such an important point, which is we have to really take care of each other and our seniors. They're, they're gold. And so I uh, appreciate you sharing that perspective. And you're absolutely right. We have to enforce uh, what it is. And I always remind people it starts with us as individuals and making sure that we're doing the little things that we can to take care of one another. I think Quentin raised that point very eloquently. So thank you for your call. This is A Healthier Tomorrow, and it is brought to you by the Office of Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion at the Southern Nevada Health District. This flu season, help keep yourself, your family, and our community healthy by getting a flu vaccine. It's the best protection against the flu. Free or low-cost vaccines are offered at community locations across the valley. For more information, call the Southern Nevada Health District at 702-759-0850 or visit snhd.info slash flu. All right. With that, Alisa, we've got some exciting news to share about community health workers. What's going on? So as we talk about bills that have been passed um, in the state of Nevada, um, we do have uh, Bill AB 191, which helped solidify the work of community health workers. Um, Community health workers have actually been around in the state for about seven to eight years. For about seven to eight years, I've been a a community health worker instructor at CSN um, for three years of that time and um, was one of the actual first three instructors in the state. And now I work uh, for the Nevada CHW Association as far as instruction is concerned. My company has a um, has a contract with them to teach throughout the community. So I just want to I just want to shout out community health workers. Um, I want to shout out the UNR project, the um, Office of Minority Health Project that I helped put together. Um, for the faith-based community. So during the pandemic, um, as we were all sitting around trying to figure out as people that care about their community, what can I do? What can I do? Right. The thing that I thought of is I'm teaching this class called community health workers. I'm teaching regular everyday people how to be, how to use their skill sets and how to go out and help in the health and social determinants areas of life. Um, just their regular community is, is a typical, um, candy lady right remember the candy lady mm-hmm. that was my mom <laughs> yes it's the typical candy lady it's the barber it's regular everyday people who are talking about health anyways it's teaching them how to do it in an efficient way so i was like why don't we have people in the church that volunteer because they obviously love people and want to help why don't we turn them into community health workers and so the unr and the office of minority health picked the, picked that project up and now there are community health workers in about 10 of our African-American churches. I here. love that. That's fantastic. So how do community health workers engage the community? Yeah. So they go out. They're not just sitting at a doctor's office. That's the difference between them. They're not medical assistants. They're not um, they're not licensed per se. They're certified. They can get certified. Um, but they go out and they, they that's exactly what they do. They only do community engagement. So, yes, they may sit in an office like at Nevada Health Centers. They have community health center uh, uh, community health workers. But then they go out. And then whatever they learn, they're learning at their job, they go out and share that information with their community. So it's very important that community health workers um, stay afield in this in this work. We've been around for 30 years in the country, but in the other countries, Africa, um, Russia, places of that nature have had community health workers since the 1500s. It, go, it dates back. Wow. Yes. So for those that are listening, 
that want to become a community health worker, what do they do? They can go to the Nevada CHW uh, Association, so that's nvchwa.org, and they can sign up for a, um, a hybrid class. So you'll take a uh, 48-hour class online at your leisure. You can also call a Community College of Southern Nevada. And there's five different um, five different organizations that you can take a class at. If you're up in northern Nevada, you can take a class at Truckee Meadows. And so just look on the Nevada CHW Association's website, and you will find out where you can take a class. Awesome. Well, let's take classes, so people. Yes, let's mm-hmm. all get engaged. Everyone can, can participate in community health. That's what I love about it. Yes. This is A Healthier Tomorrow. I want to thank our amazing guests, Tasha and Quinn from the NAACP, for joining us. And Lisa, your guest slash guest host slash all the things. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being here. I'm Will Rucker, and as I always remind you, you are not just a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop, and what you do matters, so live compassionately. We'll see you right back here for another edition of A Healthier Tomorrow. 